<laughs> no, it should be good. Obviously, um, I haven't had uh, seven power raids like Alan, so I won't be darting from there to there. I'll be pretty much hanging on to this thing. <laughs> and I'm a bit of a reader, so um, if you've got a good book, picture me reading it. Um, but I'll do my best um, with what God's given me. To I think there's something good in there, so I'll, I'll do my best to get it out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought last week was just so great. For anyone who was here, I mean, that was awesome. I just, yeah, I just sort of quick recap on that. Like, Al calling us up and um, to put our rock down, I think there was such a, um, a spiritual uh, move in that. And, you know, God takes hold of that stuff. It might look like us putting a rock, but we all know that, you know, God really lays claim to this stuff, and when we do it, he'll move stuff in our life, and he'll start working. So such a, such a powerful thing when we actually step out like that. All that said, I'm going to be talking a bit on, um, I don't know, I think it's going a bit off, but at the same time, I think it's important to help us, just give us some pointers where we're going, and so I wanted to go with a bit of trusting the Spirit. <clears throat> so I really felt to speak on the power of, the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to do my best with this, I'm no expert, but... God has given me some stuff, so I felt God placed it on my heart. Um, I might just pray to get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just um, we open our hearts to you this morning, God. Uh, we know you want to speak to us all the time, and Lord, we just take this time to put ourselves behind and um, yeah, just hear your word this morning, God, and, and let it be impactful and let it penetrate to our hearts, God, and, and actually take, take shape in our life and bring action from it, God. So just thank you for this opportunity and this privilege, and um, we give it all to you. Amen. Okay, so um, I'll just crack it off with a verse. I've got Ephesians 1, verse 13. So I can't go wrong doing that, can I? No. <laughs> so we've got, um, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Um, so if we've accepted Jesus as our saviour, we're aware we also receive a guide who will lead us and dwell in us in the Holy Spirit. So when we believe, we receive. It's an instant thing. God gives it as, a, as his gift. Uh, he says in that, Having believed, you are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So all of us who have said, I believe in Jesus, you've got that. Our spirit knows how to keep us close with God better than any other possible thing. Yet we know that it doesn't force us. It guides us towards God's will in our lives. I say all this because I'm sure, like you guys, I've journeyed at times in closeness with God, and at other times I've wandered down my own paths and lost sight a bit. I've had those times where it's a bit more of a long-distance relationship. So this is no profound comment, but um, I know that for me, when I'm closest to God, um, it's also the time when I'm obviously hearing and feeling the Spirit more clearly as well. Um, so that said, our proximity to God in our relationship correlates to how clearly we'll hear his voice. I'm going to have a little go at a graph here. Now, this could be anything. Nick's looking at me. I should be going to kids' church most weeks <laughs> because of my graph drawing. But I'm going to have a go at something. And um, I woke up in the middle of the night oh, about two weeks ago when Al asked me to preach. I'm not running away. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was so basic. But at the same time, I got this sort of picture. And it's sort of like a, a running race or a top down view of when we're saved. And um, sort of how, I don't know, just to put it in a different perspective, I guess. So you've got the kingdom here, we've got heaven where we end up, we've got our start line where we're saved. And. Um, I suppose I'll start with this one. This is untested, except on my blank piece of paper at home. I need the strength of ten men to get these biros open. I've only got eight men. Okay, so the first one is sort of, um, I suppose, 
I don't know, for me at 19, becoming a Christian, it just seemed like um, roses. I was like, this is so awesome. God was like, it was like fireworks. It was so exciting. And if God's the blue biro and I'm the green, or the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to put it, I felt like the journey was going to be like that. Like, you! <laughs> All the way. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> there's this other one where, this is, now this is crude, it's a pretty rough sort of thing, but say God puts points along our life journey of where his will will take us and, you know, I guess achieve the things he has in store for us and, and his kingdom. And again, God being the blue and I'm the green, I think I did that. Um, this would be like the ideal version of us falling in. It's going to look a bit off because I have to put it sideways to work, but we'd be hitting all these marks together by following the Holy Spirit's voice. When he wants to lead us somewhere, we wouldn't let sin, we wouldn't let our temptations and all this work. <laughs> we wouldn't let that get in the way. You know, We'd follow that voice and, and block out the enemy. This is the ideal world, and we all know that's not how it works. Oh, thanks, Jeffrey. In my head, this whiteboard was like a cinema screen, and I was... I was on one of those library rollers just swinging along. <laughs> Your dreams always look different. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the ideal. I, I suppose more of the reality for us um, probably goes a bit more like, you know, you're following the blue, you might hit one, and then God might start to take you um, somewhere you don't want to go or start to, to test you on something that's just hard in your life um, and you're just battling with it, and you start turning it around and you start going a different way. And God, the Holy Spirit still goes with you. He still follows you. It's only you're doing the leading now and not going with his voice in a sense. So, um, but he will call out. Eventually you might hit rock bottom or you might just get desperate, which we all do. We have, every one of us has a, a tough time in our life. And again, it'll turn around and you'll start following God and hitting some of these. And I'll skip through this. You might do some donuts. <laughs> you'll get to heaven, that's the point. <laughs> um, um, I suppose with this one, if you were thinking kingdom-minded and building the kingdom, you'd end up having, you know, who knows how much kingdom built in heaven. It's not the, you know, it's not the be-all, end-all. God knows we're tempted and we have sin in our lives and that's why he gave us grace. But we still might build a bit and I guess all in that, grace is the key. Um, I hope that made some sense. It was fun to do. <laughs> Bear with me. It'll get better. <laughs> so I guess from that, um, I just want to say the spirit won't depart us when we turn to sin or the wrong path. Uh, God knows we're not going to get it right. That's why Jesus was sent to be the sacrifice for our sins once and for all. So in all this, understand above everything, there's grace. It's just that God wants you to stay close to him. He wants to journey with us in a relationship because uh, like the top-down view of the graph, he sees what's best for us in his kingdom. So in sending the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, we have a guide, a way to convict us of our wrong choices and urge us and prompt us back to him when we're off track. Um, as I'm going through this, I just want to share you, with you guys um, a bit of what God's putting on my heart lately. And um, yeah, it's basically just been really simple, but I've just been hearing God say, spend time with me, um, <clears throat> which I sort of feel like I do. I mean, not all the time, but I, I, I do a bit, but I just kept feeling it very strongly, spend time with me. Um, when I first started feeling this, I was in the middle of a pretty busy work time and, and whatever, like all of us, um, and I've got some pretty common symptoms when I'm not getting filled up with God enough, and uh, one of those is IGABM syndrome, and uh, <laughs> might have made it up. <laughs> it's getting a bit much syndrome, is what it stands for. <laughs> 
It usually consists of um, a dose of frustration, some heavy KFC consumption, and ultimately a system shutdown, which Ruth tells me I look like I'm just staring at a ghost or at paint drying. I sort of go into a zone. But um, in all seriousness, though, for me, uh, when I'm under that extra pressure at work or whatever else it is, I sort of do this thing where um, I'll still be getting things done and, and doing what I'm doing in life, but I'm sort of becoming a robot while I'm doing it and blocking. I almost block everything out just to cope, and it's not even that bad for me, but it is my journey and whatever, we all have that. Um, so feeling this prompt in my spirit to spend time with God, I went my usual tried and true methods. Uh, for me, I usually grab my guitar and I just start worshipping. Um, and I remember at this time, it was a Saturday night and we had a worship practice up here on the Saturday Arvo and I come in from casino and I cranked up the worship music in the van on the way in. It was, it was a real good trip and um, uh, we did the practice. Uh, heading cr- home, I cracked the music on again and uh, halfway home I could still feel this slight emptiness that it probably usually would be filled by all this stuff. Um, and I could still sense God saying, you know, spend time with me. And um, I remember even at the end of music practice, Alan prayed for us all and he said, even as we go home tonight... Um, I just pray that you guys will spend some time worshipping God. And it's kind of like, oh, that's what we just did. But um, that sort of hit me. I was like halfway home and um, that just sort of stuck in my head and um, the penny sort of dropped for me. I realised I'd sort of been doing everything I could do in my own self to connect with God. I'd been going to all my things. Um, it was probably nearly like six o'clock. Um, I remember the sun was just about set. I'm just painting a nice picture. I've got my... <laughs> Shall I paint? <laughs> I'll leave the easel away. Um, yeah, it was nearly six. I was halfway home and I, I just pulled down the very next dirt road I saw and um, I stopped the van and I just sat quietly there. I said, all right, God, I'm here. Um, and for about 30 minutes or so I sat there and I can't say I felt God like speak to me or, or there, there was nothing like direct, but it was just in that quiet um, with the sun setting and the gra- I remember the grass just blowing like the blade grass and um, all I could hear was nature and there was this like really settling peace just came over me in that. And uh, it wasn't from me going to anything. It was just, it really settled me. And um, I'll just throw this up real quick. Verse in Psalm 46, verse 10. It's one we all know pretty well. Uh, It says, be still and know that I'm God. That's just the best bit of it, so I'll read that. um, Yeah, I think that's something we can do a lot. Just quiet down and be still, know that he's God, just in that moment. Um, I just felt such a restoration to him in that and um, it was sort of like our walkie-talkies had been dialed to the same station and I was, I was hearing him again. Um, and so, yeah, we can't lose value in taking time to hear him in the quiet. I know for me, I, I think we can get caught up a bit looking for God in our iPhones and our books and our songs a bit too much. And I'm not saying you're not going to find him there. I, I guarantee you will experience God in all those things. But um, I'm just putting it out there. Don't lose your relationship that's just purely you and him and no distractions just clear clarity with our maker. Because, um, yeah, it can be really beautiful and restorative. Um, yeah, so to bring this all back, listening to the spirit, um, we can sort of ask two things. Why do we get off track? And why do we stop listening to the prompts of the spirit? Um, there's probably a million reasons we could all list, so I'm sort of narrowing this down. But I think, basically, the simple answer is life gets hard. Um, we realise graph one's rubbish. Um, and we start opting for a few quick fixes. Um, we all have them. It's not like we like to sin or go against God. It's just usually we hit hurdles and uh, we don't want to face them or it's just too hard to face them. So we go the way that seems easier, which usually leads to hurt, shame, guilt and brokenness. 
What we have to keep reminding ourselves of is when we face these hardships, we're not alone in it. Just continue to let yourself know that you're not alone in it. You have the Holy Spirit with you all the time and he's there to help you. Um, I feel like our Christian walk's a bit like ploughing in a tractor. Oh, Robert's not here. This was my Robert bit. I was really excited about that. Um, yeah, but it's a bit like ploughing in a tractor. <laughs> Sorry. And sometimes the soil's soft and easy for a bit and we think, yeah, okay, okay, I got this. Then you hit a bit of hard, rocky ground and you know you have to get through it, but there's this little guy with a red tail swinging off the side saying, come on, this way's easier, come deeper. And we forget, we've also got this great helper, this guide in the Holy Spirit, and he's also pulling us. I think sometimes we, you know, don't trust the power in, that in, in the Holy Spirit and we go that way. Um, and it is hard, because to go where God's leading us, we usually have to face a lot of stuff and we have to get off the tractor, uh, lose the comfy seat and get our hands dirty. Uh, it gets us out of, out of our comfort zones. Um, we've been talking a lot about the Israelites and, you know, the new and the old lately. And um, I think it's a bit like that Red Sea. I bet when, the, when they hit that sea, I bet they were like, um, that's it. <laughs> and they turned around and saw tridents coming at them. But, um, you know, to go around, they probably would have just got lost going who knows where. And we sort of do that when we dodge our thing. We get lost and we get lost in it sometimes. Um, so when we hit these spots... I'm pretty sure the Spirit's usually there saying, I got this, I'll get you through it. But we choose that easy fix and um, go down the... I, mean, I won't say it's easy, but it's the other road, I guess. And the worst luck is we have no idea what's down that road either. Um, I used to work with this guy uh, for a long, long time, and um, I, I'm older than I look. I'm like Benjamin Button. But, um, you know, we, we would go to jobs and we'd be working these big, long days and... Um, It'd get to like night time, people are having dinner and we're still there and I'm like, I, I know I could do that by now, give us a shot. But he was just very controlling and I, and I understand as you get older, you're like, that's his business and whatever, but he was very controlling of doing everything and I, I sort of felt at the time, I was like, this is stopping us getting a lot done here because uh, I could help and um, my point to that is that, uh, yeah, we got the Holy Spirit there, he wants to help us and, um, you know, Lean on him, trust him and listen to him. So something we have to be careful about is when we got, get lost in our wilderness situations and we start going around the mountain or battling something for a long time, we can ignore God's provision when we're in it because we don't recognise it. Um, and if we look at that story of Israel, you know, God's got them out of Egypt. He's already started the miracle for them. Um, he took them through the Red Sea, not around it. I don't know if that was possible. Um, and then they're in the desert, and while they're there, God's providing for them, he's sending down manna. Um, and at first they're not recognising what the provision is. They're just looking out the tents and seeing this stuff falling, and um, they're wondering what it is because they're used to, I guess in Egypt they were getting fed and whatever. Um, it says they were getting fed pots of meat, so it couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but we can be the same. If we're not recognising what God's giving you to sustain you in your trial... And we're not seeing that God's able to get you through stuff in a whole different way and through a whole different set of situations than, than he did last time, maybe. Uh, and this is the other thing. Um, sometimes we live off our old miracles and we want that to happen again. And we're waiting for God to show up just the same way as he did last time. And if we're not recognising that he might be changing the land a bit and, and doing things differently, we'll get, you know, we'll get stagnant and stuck. And um, I suppose we have to remember it's not the miracle... I thought this was pretty smart, but it's not, probably not. But remember, it's not the miracle that brought the miracle for you in the first place. It was our belief and trust leading up to the miracle that made a way for God to do it for us. 
Uh, so like me, it can even be the simplest things, like go on to the old same way of trying to connect. And if we refuse to be moulded to what he's trying to tell us and listen, uh, what the Spirit's telling us, we can get lost and wander about getting stale till we do choose to listen. So a few things we can do. Um, we can start by simplifying things and even go, even go back to the Lord's Prayer. I mean, how basic, but give us today our daily bread. You know, it's just in that moment, in today, just give me what I need. Don't, don't get overwhelmed with things. And um, yeah, bread seems to pop its crust up a lot in the Bible. <laughs> Jesus says in John 6 verse 35, don't have to go there, but uh, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. So the devil has an alternate plan, which is to starve us. He wants to take us away from the bread of life. He wants to steal us as far away from what feeds us as he can. He chooses the moments when it gets hard for us as well. Um, So unlike me, when I get IGABM syndrome and I get overwhelmed and make things so big, make the problem smaller and ask God, what do I need just to start my way back to you? Like, What's just a little thing I can do and just listen to him and, and trust? So this is basically like what happened to the Israelites. When they're in the desert, they let the voice of the devil in. Uh, when it got hard and they got so distant from trusting God, and that sort of blows your mind because they've just moseyed on through a parted sea. A little while later, they've just t- lost this trust in this guy. Um, but things get a bit tough and they even want to go back to Egypt, um, back into what had them trapped because they're at least recognising the provision they had there and they knew what they'd get in a sense. Um, they knew they'd be well fed, but they'd also become slaves. So don't give up on God. Break it down to the good things he's given you and trust him to give you what you need each day in his provision. I think this will hit most of us. I know it gets me, but um, that temporary fix, um, when it's hard to face the reality of your situation or it's just overwhelming, we stop trusting God and we go to our escape. Um, It can stop our loneliness and pain for a bit, but ultimately the escape route becomes our prison. Um, When we can trust that the Holy Spirit, sent by God to guide us and protect us and restore us and make ways for us, uh, just the fact alone, there's no greater or more holy or precious thing we need than what God's already given us in the, you know, the Holy Spirit. You know, he gave it for free. All, All we had to do was believe. I think if he didn't give it straight up, we'd probably never be able to deal with any situation that comes against us because the devil would get in and he'd probably have a second guessing if we even had it or not. And, um... God gave it out to everyone who chooses to believe him, so we know we have it. And when we start to trust its guidance, we'll start to see we don't have to go outside God to meet our, given, our God-given needs. I'll say that again because it's pretty cool, I think. So we don't have to go outside God to meet our God-given needs. God doesn't always pluck you out of trouble, but he brings you through it. Um, and we have a helper to call on with great power and authority to help you do that. Um, I remember as a little kid... It's just sort of a story to go with, you know, getting through things and, and being equipped by it and learning. And um, my dad used to restore old furniture and um, he'd get these shoddy sort of bits of furniture. They had 13 layers of paint on them. <laughs> they weren't pretty. And um, he wanted to, he had a furniture business, so he wanted to get all the paint off and get them back to the bare timber, what they originally were. And um, I'd always be looking for a bit of pocket money to put on the ponies. Well, the candy shop <laughs> is where I put it. And, um, you know, Dad's tools in the shop weren't that good. It was just his carport, and I couldn't see him sometimes. It was just fumes coming out from his spray, and I'd like, wander in there aimlessly. But um, he's in there doing his work, and I'd say, Dad, I want a bit of pocket money. Can I help? And um, I'd be there, no gloves on, paint stripper dripping off my hands, a heat gun sending fumes right into my frontal dorsius. Um, 
Yeah, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> but when I'd get through the work, there was always a reward. You know, Dad would come out with a crinkly $5 bill from the car console and I'd have learned a few tricks so I don't go blind the next time I do it as well. So um, basically you get equipped by going through something. Um, I just want to put this verse up, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. I love this just because it, gives, it leaves us with hope because sometimes it can feel hopeless in our situations. But, you know, 1 Corinthians, hang on to this. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And that seems pretty far-fetched to us sometimes, but it's when we change that mindset and grab hold of God and the, the power of the Holy Spirit to do these things. Um, so for us, you know, sometimes when we go through these things, it's like, why me? And, you know, I don't know if anyone has a clear answer to that. Um, I think other than the fact that we learn and we might be able to help someone else who suffers in that one day, but I won't go into it because I don't know. But I did hear this guy saying recently, I thought this was good, so, you know, he said we don't get all the answers we want down here on earth, but one day we'll be in heaven and we'll get all the answers we've ever wanted. And our response to that is just going to be to praise and worship God. I think how good is that? You know, it doesn't matter. Our response is to worship and praise him. Um, yeah, so hang on to that verse. When we face our times in the wilderness, when the human side of us just wants to cave in and say it's too hard or I give up trying, and just my disclaimer as usual, this is me, um, we've all heard this, but I want to encourage us today, take hold of what, what's ours in this. Jesus' victory over these exact same struggles, over death itself, has given us freedom. When we're faced with our wilderness and attempted to the point of defeat, or even the little things like you know, gossiping at work or whatever, we're ultimately faced with a choice in this stuff. We can either grab hold of our freedom or retreat back into slavery. And um, that's, that's how it is for us. It's all a choice. So declare this verse over your situation. God provides a way out. If you don't feel worth, just know you're precious. Oh, yeah. And then I'd be honest, um, I stole this as well. It came up on my Instagram, but it was too good to miss. So, um, yeah, I know sometimes you just feel worthless. You just... Don't feel good enough. And I wanted to say this. If you don't feel worth, just know you're precious. Otherwise, why would God and the devil be fighting so hard for your soul? I think that's awesome. For each one of us individually, you know, there's a battle on for us. That makes us worth something pretty good. So I want to have a look at what Jesus did to show us this in action. So in Matthew 4, I suppose we can get this up um, behind me, but I'll read through anyway. In Matthew 4, it says... Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Jesus is our perfect example, knew he had to go through the exact same things we will and attempted and faced with. And he did, he did this to take on the devil on our behalf, to show the devil that while he, he'll be out to steal us away from him and tempt us away from our freedom, we have a power and a strength far greater than our human flesh reveals to call on at any time. So yeah, that Matthew 4, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. So what's important for us from this is that in being led by the Spirit and guided and, and protected by the Spirit, we look back at what Jesus did. And um, just before he went into the wilderness to be tempted, in Matthew 3, he goes to John the Baptist. This is like the verse just before it. And it's pretty cool, um, especially for us, because like I said, we've all got this in us as well. Uh, he goes to receive help by receiving the Spirit. Uh, so when he gets baptised, the Spirit comes upon him. And Jesus did this so that when he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil in the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days, he's got a helper for what's ahead of him. The same spirit we receive to protect us. So John, he goes to John and John says, um, 
no way, I, you know, you should be baptizing me or whatever. And Jesus says, it's proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And I looked up the definitions of righteousness, even though I should have known it. But one of them is sinlessness. Um, so Jesus had to prove to the devil for us that he was the perfect sinless sacrifice that could denounce the devil and send him away and have total power over him, knowing that alone we could never do it. Um, and Jesus faces every trial we face in the wilderness, and with the Spirit he conquers it. And the best, this is the best bit for us. God knows, we, God knows we can't, so he sent Jesus who can. So Jesus went through these tests to be able to fulfill what, what he was sent to do in, in going to the cross. He couldn't stumble, he couldn't trip up here, or he wouldn't be perfect, but he remained sinless so that we're able to go through our wilderness and be tempted. We can stumble and fall, but we're all in the cover of grace. Um, and that's what Jesus allowed for in his perfectness. So he says there's hope for us in our struggles because he says he'll provide a way out. But we're not defeated by our struggles and sin because he has victory for us. God's victory is our victory. Um, I might just get Christy up here uh, in the band if you just want to come up. It's not a long one today, early mark. Um, but yeah, we might just finish with a song of worship and um, go from there. So to sort of summarise, what we put our trust in during our wilderness becomes our master. We, le- we need to learn to make quiet times, allow a place to hear and trust the leading of the Spirit, declare his promises and victories when the devil attacks us. That's what Jesus did. When Jesus was in the wilderness, every time the devil came against him, he leant on God's word and he came back at him. You know, he declared that stuff. So we need to put our faith in God as our master. He can get us through our situations and in, into our victories and miracles. He loves us so much that he gave everything for us so that he can fight for each one of us and ultimately wash us in his grace when we do break. We just have to listen for him. There's that song we sing, Another in the Fire. We've been singing that a bit lately. And um, I guess for us as Christians, we live in the fire, you know, the world. We live amongst that. And um, I bet there's no one here without a battle on their hands. Because we choose to believe in Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we'll never be consumed by the fire. He's made us eternal. But there's a lot of others out there who have no protection against the fire, who are getting consumed by the devil every day, struggling with these things that we've talked about, that puts the shame and hurt and pain all on them, but they're doing it alone, without a hope, without that way out. Um, The good news for them, and it's the challenge for us as Christians in the world, is that we're fireproof because of Jesus. And this allows us to take on the last words in the song. I count the joy come every battle because I know that's where you'll be. As we all know, the battleground's out there. And like Jesus, he fought for us. He's called us to be equipped so we can fight for those that haven't heard there's a way out. Our freedom comes from him. Yeah, so I don't know. I just want to challenge us this week. Um, A few things, you know, just wait on him. Start spending time in that quiet place with him, just you and him. Um, Let him speak to you and and guide you and trust that that Holy Spirit, you know, we're all going through stuff, but he has power to get you out and and to be with you through it and um, just continue to know you're worthy and and you're perfect to him. He loves you all so much. Um, I'll just pray and we'll just finish with it. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much, God, for being so close with us, for choosing to be our friend and our father. Lord, for just building us up when no one else will, God, and for holding our arms up for us, God, when we're weak. Lord, I just pray for each one of us here today, Lord, as we face our trials and our battles, God. Lord, just speak to us. Just come into our hearts and just let us know there's a way out. 
and that with you we're going to make it anyway. There's grace and we're washed in that. Lord, I just thank you so much. You're a beautiful God and we just love you with all our hearts. Amen. Thanks, guys.